This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by ExpressVPN, and HelloFresh. Hello. Well, it sure is hot. How hot is it? Yeah, it's so hot that uh, 250 miles north of here at the very aptly named Furnace Creek in the also very aptly named Death Valley, temperatures on Sunday reached 130 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, or, well, it's not too hot. Or 54 degrees Celsius for you uh, rest of the worlders. Yeah. Uh, it's the hottest temperature recorded in the United States in at least 107 years and the hottest temperature on Earth. In at least 89 years. Mm-hmm. Recorded. It's yeah. probably been hotter before then. But, uh, well, oh, yeah, I live in Phoenix. Uh, so <laughs> everyone in the comments yesterday, God, oh, you damn. think 106 is hot? Yes, I do. It's uncomfortable. I'm sorry that you live in a place that's even hotter than that. But yeah. yes, it is very bad. You chose to live there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, meanwhile, in the rest of this state, uh, it's that time of year again when nature starts spontaneously combusting everywhere. And uh, yeah, this year it's so bad that California literally does not have enough firefighters to deal with it all. Um <laughs> big reason for that is uh, they usually rely on convict labor, and they sent a lot of the convicts home because coronavirus was ravaging our prisons, and now we actually have to we have to hire real firefighters. What are we going to uh, do? And those convicts that have been volunteer firefighters also cannot get jobs as real firefighters despite on-the-job training mm. because uh, a lot of them are felons. Well, you have a criminal record. <laughs> we couldn't possibly hire you even though we've yeah. y- utilized you before in this very field. Anyway, it's fire season, baby. And uh, this photo by Noah Berger of the Associated Press pretty much sums up 2020 so far. Look at that. Beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I, I, I went outside of my apartment and uh, one day looking north it looked like a mushroom cloud. And then the very next day, looking east, was yeah. like a, a completely different fire, but just as big of a cloud. Big fires everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of local talk, uh, we haven't really talked about it, but the state of California's relationship with Uber and Lyft has gotten pretty bad over the past year or so. And things really heated up this week. Uh, last year, the state assembly passed a bill, Assembly Bill 5, seeking to tighten up the definition of what contractor work actually is. And uh, it's for good reason. Contract work is supposed to be short-term and more project-based. But even before the gig economy got huge, a lot of companies, including our old employer Machinima, routinely abused the entire concept of independent contractors, treating it as just a way to hire full-time employees without having to cover taxes or Social Security or unemployment or benefits. Yeah, because the true, uh, you know, and just definition of being an independent contractor is doing things like setting your own rates for things uh, alongside setting your own hours, which, okay, Uber and Lyft, you get to set your own hours. hiring a specialist. But like for me, as a contractor at Machinima, that meant coming in and doing a a desk job for like two and a half years before they even would like entertain the idea yeah, of uh, full-time employment. For a fee that uh, they decided and you couldn't yeah. negotiate. And uh, But I think it was like Lyft or something was uh, like, yeah, you can raise your rates now. Or There's a lot of confusion that's come out since this uh, Assembly yeah. Bill thing. So. Anyway, Assembly Bill 5 or AB5, it sought to put a stop to all this by defining a contract worker as a person who is A, free to perform services without the control or direction of the company, B, a person who is doing work tasks that are outside the company's usual business activities, and C, a person who is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature as that involved in the work performed. So if the worker meets all three of those qualifications, well, congrats, they're a contractor. Mm -hmm. Do whatever the hell you want. But if not, uh, sorry, they're an employee. And uh, in this age of gig work, through ride-sharing apps, food delivery apps, and so on. Uh, a lot of huge companies whose workforce is mostly comprised of contractors, uh, they're all now apparently going to have to treat those workers as employees in California. How yeah. did they take it? Uh, well, they did not take the news well. Oh. 
And in fairness, there are a lot of actual good faith criticisms of AB5, and it probably isn't quite where it needs to be in terms of what it does. Yeah. Uh, musicians, for example, had to get a clause added to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, theater workers, stuff like that, where it like it One doesn't that make I remember sense. Remember, was like uh, like freelance journalists wouldn't be able to write more than ten articles for any outlet within a year, which is just like. Okay, cool. What are yeah, you doing? Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think the the general like what they're going for with the law is something that is long overdue. But mm-hmm. yeah, it really needs to be ironed out better. Yes, yes, it does mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of uh, uh, bad loopholes in it. Yeah, uh, that hurt workers more than anyone else yeah. technically. Yeah. Uh, but listen, for Uber and Lyft, their problems with AB5 really just come down to the fact that have they have to treat their drivers, many of whom do in fact drive full time, as actual employees. And that would cost Uber and Lyft a lot of money. And uh, neither company has ever actually turned a profit. But we've been over that a bazillion yeah. times. They are unprofitable companies who were taking a hit in order to race to the finish line of self-automation or automated driving yeah. cars so they didn't have to have employees. Yeah, you just keep your rates low so everyone buys your stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you figure out the profitability shit later. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's something to be said about uh, the fact that, yeah, a lot of people do drive for Uber and Lyft full-time and they should be recognized as employees, whereas there are people who supplement their in- income by dr- driving Uber yeah. and Lyft on, like, a Friday night or, or something Although like that. Although I think that's less true lately. A lot of people oh, yeah. are probably just driving for Lyft because that's their only source of income. Exactly. Now, the big reason that both companies have successfully overtaken the taxicab industry is thanks to the fact that, uh, one, there's so little overhead because they don't have to provide cars or insurance. Uh, Two, they don't actually have to pay drivers a a good living wage, and instead they use a performance-based algorithm. And three, their prices are way lower than cabs. But again, they've still both been in the red this entire time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another reason they were able to succeed so well is that cabs fucking suck. Yeah, we all well, know this. And especially back when Uber and Lyft first came up. Like, I, I remember for, like, the, my 10 years as an adult in L.A. without Uber and Lyft was just, like, you call the cab company on the phone. You have no way of knowing if or when they'll show up. Yeah. Sometimes they'd show up, sit there for, like, one minute, honk their horn once, and be like, well, bye. Yeah. Uh, I remember, yeah. like, every phone call I would get from my place back before Uber and Lyft, they're like, yeah, they'll be there in around... 45 minutes. If right. they're not there within an hour, give us a call back. Yeah, it was uh, completely unreliable. And then in Hollywood, where you could actually, you would actually see like one every 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I remember like going home from like a, a bar one night, like waving the cab down, and wouldn't you know it, the credit card machine didn't work. Never worked. So it had to take me. The no guy, credit card. Literally, I will drive you to an ATM or a 7 Eleven so yeah. you can get money out to pay Even me. Even though cash. they had the like Visa sticker in the window and a card swiper back there, and it looks like it's functioning perfectly fine. Nope. Nope. No credit card. Yeah. So l- let's just be honest here. The taxi industry sucks and it kind of got what it what was coming to it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But um, I'll say this. Uh, cab drivers are paid well. And, uh, yeah, they well, don't. they used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Uber and Lyft, they both plan to be profitable within the next year or so and have said as much. But Having to pay their drivers an actual wage instead of the current system, which often breaks down to being less than minimum wage, would keep them in the red a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And California is just one state, but it accounts for 12% of the U.S. population, with 95% of Californians residing in urban areas. So agreeing to abide by AB5, it, it could also have a, have a domino effect in other states on this. Mm-hmm. They uh, A big chunk of their business comes in the, from the state of California. Yes. So even though the law was supposed to go into effect back in January of this year, uh, Uber and Lyft, they, uh, well, they just simply ignored it. <laughs> and uh, they argued that 
Well, yeah, that's a cool law, but it doesn't apply to what we do. No, no, no. You uh, got it all wrong. You got it, <laughs> as I would say from the lady yesterday, you got it twisted. You yeah. see, because we're industry disruptors. Yeah. We're here to disrupt. And if we follow the rules, why? We're not disrupting anything. Yeah, it's kind of our thing. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, in May, uh, California's attorney general sued the two companies to force them to comply with AB5. But Uber and Lyft's argument this whole time has been that, well, according to them, they're just tech companies. The drivers, they're not really a core part of the business. They're mm-hmm. just a side effect. You know, we got a few offices in major cities around the world, and those are employees. If someone happens to drive in a car that, yeah. you know, uses our app, well, they're just beta testing our technology. We don't know anything about that. Yeah. We've got millions of beta testers. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's obvious nonsense. And last week, a San Francisco Superior Court judge correctly called bullshit on this argument, saying that it, quote, flies in the face of economic reality and common sense, and that were this reasoning to be accepted, the rapidly expanding majority of industries that rely heavily on technology could, with impunity, deprive legions of workers of the basic protections afforded to employees by state labor and employment laws. And in response, Uber and Lyft threatened to do what they've previously done in other places when the they didn't want to abide by local <laughs> laws. Uh, you know what? That's it. We're just going to shut down operations gonna, in California. I'm going to pick up my ball and go home. That's it. You can't play with us anymore. Yeah. And on Thursday of this week, Lyft announced that they would be doing just that, mm-hmm. effective at the end of the day. Uh, this was, of course, a game of chicken, much like the Epic versus Apple saga that we will also update on you in a bit. And uh, yeah, just a few hours after Lyft's announcement, an appeals court uh, judge granted both Uber and Lyft a temporary reprieve, allowing them to continue operating while the courts deal with this. I don't want to cook dinner tonight. <laughs> God damn it, I needed that Uber Eats. Yeah. Uh, the actual case is set to begin in mid-October. Um, and also, uh, on the November ballot, uh, California voters will get to vote on Proposition 22, which, full disclosure, is funded entirely by Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash. Uh, if passed, it would just make a big exception to AB5 for those three companies, allowing them to keep on doing things the way they always have, a.k.a. not have to treat their massive workforce as actual employees. So that's going to be a no from me, dog. I like how if it passes, like, AB5 is completely rendered useless for the main thing that it was initially targeting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, we'll see, I guess. Uh, Knowing the California government, they'll find a way to weasel out of this and be like, you know, we sat down with... Uber and Lyft, and we came to a mutually agreeable uh, compromise, but it's literally just giving them everything they want. Yeah. They're, they're pussies. Yeah. Well, l- let's uh, check in on another battle of the Titans, uh, one that started last week and has already just just barreled down on Getting all real of us. Hot yeah. Apple and uh, Epic Games, they're in a little bit of a feud. Mom and dad are fighting. Yeah. Uh, last week, as you'll recall, Fortnite for iOS and Google Play started offering direct payments for in-game items, skirting Apple and Google's 30% commission and resulting in both app stores giving Fortnite, boom, the boot. Epic Games, of course, planned this and immediately released a modern anti-Apple twist on Apple's old 1984 advertisement and uh, filed lawsuits against both Apple and Google for anti-competitive behavior. Epic versus Google is more of an afterthought, though, and probably has less of a chance given that Android is a lot less restrictive of installing apps from outside the Play Store. And you can still technically play Fortnite on Android phones if you download the game directly from Epic. So, whatever. Uh, In the meantime, people are selling Apple phones on eBay that have uh, Fortnite pre-installed on it for, like, thousands of dollars. Can you still play it if it's already on your phone? I don't know. I guess so. Same with Samsung phones. I mean, yeah, 
Well, that's a deal that like they specifically made with mm-hmm. Samsung. Yeah. But I, I, I assumed that they like actually cut off online services. I don't know. Anyways, the focus has mainly been on Epic versus Apple, and uh, that fight has definitely escalated in the past week. It's a true Goliath versus Goliath. Yeah. (laughs) So on Monday, uh, Epic said in a court filing that Apple threatened to retaliate against them by terminating Epic's inclusion in the Apple Developer Program, which is a membership that's necessary to distribute apps on iOS. Uh, And they're going to do that by August 28th, unless Epic backs down. Uh, Basically, not only would Fortnite for iOS be banned, but also every game that uses Epic's Unreal Engine, which is a lot of games, Mm -hmm. and uh, also Epic would be completely cut off from using software development kits, application programming interfaces, and all the other tools necessary to develop and release software for Apple devices, and that includes Mac computers, which Fortnite is also on. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to Epic, quote, this would be an existential threat to the Unreal Engine. The damage to Epic's ongoing business and to its reputation and trust with its customers will be unquantifiable and irreparable. Uh, Epic is, they're of course, seeking a court injunction to stop this from happening. But uh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's uh, it's wow. I was like, oh, you want trouble? Are you sure? Is this is this what you want, Lester? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Apple, meanwhile, basically put their foot down and said they won't be making any special exception for Epic Games. They know the rules, and this can all be over if they just follow the rules, right? Quote, the App Store is designed to be a safe and trusted place for users and a great business opportunity for all developers. Epic has been one of the most successful developers on the App Store, growing into a multi-billion dollar business that reaches millions of iOS customers around the world. We very much want to keep the company as part of the Apple Developer Program and their apps on the store. The problem Epic has created for itself is one that can be easily remedied if they submit an update of their app that reverts it to comply with the guidelines they agreed to and which apply to all developers. We won't make an exception for Epic because we don't think it's right to put their business interests ahead of the guidelines that protect our customers. Okay. Again, Goliath versus Goliath. Yeah. Like, both of them are going, like, whoever loses is going to lose out on a significant amount of money. I I mean, I think Epic stands to lose a lot more. Yeah, you're probably right. Although, if if it turns out that Apple bans the Unreal Engine or anything created by it. Well, if Apple has to start allowing third-party app stores, I mean, that's... That's a ton of money they would lose. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess the stakes are pretty high. Mm-hmm. But uh, like we said last week, you really do not, you're under no obligation to cheer on either side of this fight. At the end of the day, it's two massive, highly lucrative companies arguing about money. It's not some David versus Goliath fight between good and evil. It's Goliath versus Goliath. Yes. Maybe one of the Goliaths is slightly larger than the other Goliath, but mm-hmm. the, the shorter one Goliaths. has a bigger dick, though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he's more popular. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Apple is certainly being ruthless here in ways that were kind of previously unseen. The claws are out. Mm-hmm. Tim is angry. Yeah. Uh, at least on the public side. I'm sure he's had the claws out uh, behind the scenes. Disney won't let me buy time. that mouse to put on my watch. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and this is on top of, like, their other recent fights with Microsoft, Google, and NVIDIA over cloud gaming. Uh, Apple basically told all of them that they'll never allow xCloud, Stadia, or GeForce Now on the App Store because, well, each service would essentially be its own App Store with apps that Apple can't individually review. So, mm, sorry. Yeah. And uh, in addition to that, Apple is also suing a tiny little meal planning company called Prepare. Teach you how to plan your meals properly uh, because their logo supposedly looks too much like Apple's, even though it uh, totally fucking doesn't. Oh, it's clearly a pear. Yeah, it's a pear. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah, just, I was just, just crushing that bug. I don't think so. Uh, anyways, in a brief update to another ongoing saga, TikTok versus the president. What 
fucking reality are we in? You know, 2020, say what you want about being stuck inside all the time. The the outside news cycle has been nothing short of entertaining, even if, when it doesn't relate to coronavirus. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> It's certainly something. Uh, Yes, we've already covered how Microsoft or Twitter might be the ones to swoop in and buy out TikTok to allow it to continue operating in the U.S. But a new challenger has entered the ring this week. From the rafters, by God, it's Oracle. Oh, my God, they're playing Larry Ellison's music. (laughs) Now, Oracle isn't really a consumer-facing company at all. And if you're below the age of, I don't know, 25, you might have not even heard of them. They're not part of the zeitgeist anymore. They're, however, the second largest software company in the world behind Microsoft, with products mostly in database systems, enterprise software, cloud computing, and other boring stuff that tons of companies around the world heavily rely on. So, yeah, TikTok doesn't seem at first glance to be a great fit for Oracle. But, on the other hand, Larry Ellison, Oracle's co-founder, is uh, one of the few big names in tech who is openly supportive of President Trump. Mm. And he even hosted a big fundraiser for Trump's re-election at one of his houses a few months ago. So, surprise, Trump loves the idea of Oracle being the company that gets to benefit from Trump's big TikTok ultimatum. Uh, He said at a recent crowded, big non-socially distant and mostly unmasked rally in Arizona on Tuesday, quote, Oracle is a great company. I think its owner is a tremendous guy. He's a tremendous person. I think that Oracle would be certainly somebody that could handle it. Uh, And he also, in that speech, he doubled down on the whole uh, give daddy a taste mafia-sounding angle to it. He said, I guess Microsoft wants it, and so does Oracle, and probably so do other people. Mm -hmm. But they have to also make sure the United States is well compensated because... We're the ones making it possible. Very simple. We're the ones making it possible. Oh. So our treasury has to be very well compensated. Literally the most mob boss you, <laughs> shit you could say about any kind of acquisition. Like, you got to have to make it worth it. you got to make a deal. Well. you got to get through the door. Yeah. The door, man. And there's still, it's been weeks. There's still no word on what exactly that even means. Yeah. No, Anyone no in the administration that you ask about it, they're just like, oh, I don't know. That's just the president. And like, wait, he, he says a lot of crazy things. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, Kanye's throwing his hat in the ring. He wants to call it Jesus Talk. Uh, he has the money. Well, yeah, he wants... Maybe. Yeah, who knows anymore. But, uh, yeah, he was like, I, I like the TikTok, but it seems a bit too uh, too many sinners on there. So we're gonna we're talking about starting Jesus Talk. I hope he does that just so the app crashes and burns immediately when they uh, just put a bunch of arbitrary, like, evangelical Christian filters on what you can make. Yeah, and you that. can only, like... You, you can only it's a dance, great idea. Dance you, around the Christian artists. They should give TikTok to Kanye. Yeah, everyone's going to be doing the Michael W. Smith dance. I would love to see that. <laughs> Meet our rising star, Jerry Falwell Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, before we Leave get a little into, space for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a filter. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into even more news, it's time for this week's sponsor, starting with ExpressVPN. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Well, you you do that because you don't want some random random passerby looking in on you, at least when we went all out in public before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why would you let people look in on you when you're going online? Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Did you know that your internet service provider knows every single website you visit? And what's worse is they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who will use your data to target you. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. We use ExpressVPN on all of our devices. It works on everything, phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN. And the best part is, using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing that bathroom door. You fire up the app, you click one button, 
Boom, protected. ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. So if you're like us and you believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself by uh, visiting expressvpn.com newsday today. Using our ex- exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash newsday will get you an extra three months for free. Mm-hmm. That's expressvpn.com slash newsday. And this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Hello. Get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. HelloFresh offers so many recipes to choose from each week to help you break out of your recipe rut. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and family recipes every week. Cut out the stressful meal planning and prepping so you can enjoy cooking and you just get dinner on the table in under 30 minutes or even under 20 minutes with their quick recipe options. Uh, That's what I've been doing recently because it's been so hot and uh, obviously cooking at a a stove gets a lot of heat. So uh, the past two weeks of my HelloFresh, I just found whatever the fastest to prepare meals were. Mm -hmm. It's like literally a a lot of them are just like rice, meat, vegetable. Yeah. Boom. And it's done in 15 minutes just as long as it takes the rice to boil and cook. It's great. Mm-hmm. The 40-minute meals with the oven going and the things Eat going. the heat. Very hot. Uh, so, yeah, HelloFresh, they offer fresh, high-quality ingredients every week for a super flavorful experience. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 80Newsday and use code 80Newsday to get $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash 80Newsday, and the code is 80Newsday to get $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Back to the news now. Uh, here's some fun, exciting news for owners of Oculus VR headsets. I'm excited. This is good news, right? Yeah, you might have forgotten this thanks to Oculus actually being a great product. But uh, Oculus VR is owned by Facebook, which, you know what? Fine. Whatever. It's not like you're required to have a Facebook account in order to use an Oculus headset, though, right? <laughs> uh, well, wrong. <sighs> Starting in October, anyone buying a new Oculus VR headset will need a Facebook account in order to use their device. Stupid! Uh, it's it's near impossible for most people to use an Oculus headset without using the official Oculus app. Uh, and that previously meant signing into your Oculus account. But moving forward, it'll mean signing into Facebook. It's so, so stupid because... Mm-hmm. I'll, I, I don't know the percentages, but I would assume it's a somewhat large percentage of people who own Oculuses are people who are, you know, abreast of the news yeah. and, and the goings on, and pretty tech savvy, and in. not interested <laughs> in having Facebook connected to everything. Yeah, uh, especially the thing that they are going to be living inside of at some point. <laughs> yeah. Existing owners do have until 2023 before Oculus accounts merge with their Facebook account, and hopefully Facebook's dead by then. <laughs> but this is all. It's just dumb and unnecessary. You had a great product here with almost no Zuckerberg fingerprints on it, and boom, blown. You blew it. Yes, it sucks now. Fuck you. Oculus founder Palmer Luckey even promised back in 2014 when he sold his company to Facebook that no one would ever have to log into Facebook to use Oculus VR. But that looks like it was a lie, and now Facebook has a new way of getting its claws around your precious personal data. And it sucks because, man, that Oculus Quest is awesome. Yeah. The one that has no wires. Mm-hmm. And I was excited for like whatever the new iteration of it was because I, I, I got to play with the other one. I didn't buy it. Uh, and plus it was like sold out and shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll just save up and get the Quest 2 whenever it comes out. No way I'm touching it now. Ridiculous. You blow it, Mark. Yeah. Palmer Lucky is going to have to sell all of his Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Well, he's already moved on. Yeah. He's, he's deeply involved with like... The all right? Uh, well, not, I mean, sort of, but 
just investing in startups that are like, you know, border security and ah. just uh, various pro-Trump uh, Department of Defense stuff. He's doing great. Anyway, yeah. speaking of user data, here's some unsettling news. Now, according to a new study from researchers at Stanford and the University of Pittsburgh, uh, it's pretty easy to use the built-in accelerometer in smartphones to tell whether the person carrying it is intoxicated. <laughs> you first get a baseline measurement of what the accelerometers detect when a person is walking around sober, and from there, a person's drunk walk when their BAC is 2.5 times the legal limit is detectable 90% of the time, which on its surface sounds kind of useful. I mean, your phone could potentially let you know when you're clearly too fucked up to drive a car or... Uh, leave the house, for yeah, instance, yeah, yeah. like that. That's useful. Uh, yeah, you sit at the bar and it's like time to go home. Go time home. to go home. Time to go home. Call an Uber. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, if it's as simple as it seems to be, there's no reason the various apps on your phone that constantly track all sorts of things uh, about you wouldn't start tracking whether you might be drunk, which is pretty creepy to think about. Yeah. As Gizmodo says, what's the harm in inferring a user might be drunk when algorithmically deciding whether to serve up some ads for online gambling or porn? Uh, maybe that user's just feeling lucky or horny anyway. Uh, that could be it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe an advertiser will score really big and get a drunk target to take out a second mortgage on their house. And government-sponsored hackers would surely love to gather data on the alcohol consumption of all kinds of public and private targets. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it, it's you know how like You know how, like, in Waze... You can see where the cops are. Yeah. The cops are going to have one that's... See that where should, the drunks yeah, are. Yeah, it's like a little uh, thing with like a swirl over it and a yeah. like bubble popping. We got some wobbly boys over here. <laughs> yeah. They're, these wobbly boys are moving 45 miles an hour. Let's track them down. Yeah. Which is that, you know, you shouldn't drink and drive. Let's be clear Absolutely about that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Anyways, um, so that's something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Let's close out the show with our usual uh, COVID-19 news roundup now, uh, starting with a big, dumb fight that our big, dumb president picked with New Zealand, <laughs> one of the countries who has clearly handled the pandemic quite well, better mm -hmm. than most other countries. Uh, so yeah, New Zealand went over 100 days without a single new case of COVID-19 from within the community or from an unknown source. Uh, last week, though, there were 90 active cases. So... A bit of a spike. I went to Sturgis. <laughs> Everyone in New Zealand went to Sturgis. It's weird. Uh, so our president said at a campaign stop in Minnesota, another one that's just big crowded campaign stop, no masks or anything. Yeah. He said, the places that they were using to hold up, they're having a big surge. And I don't want that. I don't want that. But they were holding up names of countries. And now they're saying, whoops. In fact, even New Zealand. Do you see what's going on in New Zealand? They beat it. They beat it. It was like front page news because they wanted to show me something. The problem is, Big surge in New Zealand. Yeah, the entire fucking country has the surge the size of like a, a, a very small uh, town yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Of course, yes. Even adjusted for population, 90 active cases in New Zealand is absolutely tiny compared to the 2.5 million active cases that we have here. And we're in absolutely no position to criticize New Zealand's handling of the virus. And New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said pretty much that, saying, Obviously, I don't think there's any comparison between New Zealand's current cluster and the tens of thousands of cases that are being seen daily in the United States. Obviously, every country is experiencing its own fight with COVID-19. It is a tricky virus, but not one where I would compare New Zealand's current status to the United States. I think anyone who's following COVID and its transmission globally will quite easily see that New Zealand's nine cases in a day does not compare to the United States' tens of thousands, and in fact, does not compare to most countries in the world. You fucking child. Yeah, she, uh, just such a polite, you know, patient way of being like, please fuck off. Yeah. Fuck you, you. You fucking baby brain. Yeah. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anyways, meanwhile, even though the whole hydroxychloroquine hype train seems to have died down, even amongst its most enthusiastic supporters, haven't heard much about it lately. Um, despite that, Trump and friends, they've got a new potential miracle cure that they're promoting. Oleandrin, which my pillow CEO Mike Lindell has a financial stake in. You're going to love it. And has also, according to him, he's apparently been taking it for several months. <laughs> So what is this oleandrin? It washes out your insides. <laughs> <laughs> well, oleandrin is a botanical extract from the oleander plant, uh, which is one of the most toxic plants around. Like, even standing near an oleander plant for a few minutes can make you feel sick. And ingesting even small amounts, just a few petals, can kill you. Uh, oleandrin is the chemical in the plant that does that, does the killing and the sickening. And for some reason, Trump and a bunch of people in his orbit think that it might be the cure. This wouldn't be the first time that the MyPillow guy put kind of some kind of weird chemical into his body. Yeah. I used to smoke crack cocaine. My drug dealers held an, in- <laughs> an intervention. intervention for me. I was so Can bad. Can you believe it? Uh, the evidence for this <laughs> surprise seems pretty slim. Plenty of other life-saving drugs come from plants uh, considered toxic, but there's not really any proof out there that oleandrin works as well as for medicine or anything, especially COVID-19. Yeah. The only research supporting this is a preprint, non-peer-reviewed article reporting that in a test tube, oleandrin reduces production of the virus p- responsible for COVID-19. So sure, go ahead, put it in your fucking body. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yes, uh, you might be aware of this, uh, something that Trump was pitching a couple months back. Bleach does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Lysol. So it doesn't change the fact that oleandrin causes irregular heart rates and possible death when actually consumed in the human body, whatever. Now, that's not to say it might not be useful in some way, someday, but it's just really weird how Trump and his friends have once again latched onto a potential miracle cure with no real evidence supporting it. And unlike last time, it's not a drug that's been proven useful against other things. It's just literally poison. (laughs) No, it washes my insides. Oleandrin, very dangerous. Imagine what it would do against a virus. It's going to beat that virus's ass. It's going to make him fight inside my body. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, like, more research needs to be done. Sure. Good luck with that. But for now, uh, don't go find oleander plants and start chewing on them. Because yeah. you, you could die. When I go to the big <laughs> sleep, I'll be doing so on a, on a luxurious MyPillow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bury me with my MyPillow. Made in the USA. Uh, speaking of miracle cures, though, we did talk a while back about how uh, llamas might prove useful thanks to tiny little antibodies that they produce that prevent SARS-CoV-2 from attaching itself to cells. And, uh, yeah, a group of around 50 scientists say that they have developed a synthetic molecule based on llama nanobodies in an aerosol form, which they are calling aeronabs. Hmm. And basically it's an inhaler or nasal spray that uh, you would use just like once a day to protect your cells from getting infected. And it could be useful both for prevention and for treatment in the early stages of the disease. Uh, it's still like super early on this. There's plenty of further research and testing that needs to be done. But unlike with oleandrin, uh, a lot of scientists are signing on to this idea and, and saying that it at least shows promise we should be pursuing this. Well, those people are liars. <laughs> what about the pretty flower that kills people? Do you see, I, I know it's not directly related, but it is related to the fact that Trump just hates animals in general. Did you see him talking shit about sharks today? No. Oh, he was like, I always get, it was insane. First, he's like, I always get these things where people who save the sharks, save the sharks. I mean, he hates I don't, sharks. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, he was like talking about how he hates them today. And then like launched into about how like uh, Jerusalem is doing really great or something. Cool. Yeah, when he was <laughs> like, Stormy Daniels, this is one of the things she talked about. Like one of the times she came over to fuck Trump, uh, 
he was like watching Shark Week and just like angry. He's like, I fucking hate these things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you want to fuck? Yeah. You want to you suck my weird mushroom dick? <laughs> but look, uh, finally, it's now been five months since most uh, office workers have been working from home. And while there's plenty of pros and cons to it, one of the pros is that you're not stuck in a cubicle, mm-hmm. right? Thank God. Well, Panasonic wants to change all that <laughs> with their new home cubicle, the Komaru. And it's on sale for $835. Okay. Okay, yeah, sure. It's a little bit nicer than your typical office cubicle. It's made of wood. It has pegboard holes for hanging things. You can make it your own. Mm -hmm. But why confine your workspace to 10 square feet? Who the hell wants a cubicle inside their house? Sounds depressing to me. Yeah. But uh, whatever. Japanese people apparently want this, and that's where the (laughs) Komaru is currently on sale. Yeah. But I guess uh, you could probably look forward to this kind of thing coming to the U.S., and uh, bosses, they might even expect you to have it. Yeah. They might demand it. Why do I see your house in your background? You're working from home. Where's your Komaru? Why do your kids keep bothering you? If you were in the Komaru, they wouldn't be able to get at you. Yeah. You you, you know, I think you guys just have too much space to work in. I want you to build a little room within a room Mm -hmm. so you can, you know, just keep your focus on the work. (sighs) Yeah. You know, you can can dazzle it up with whatever kind of trinkets you want. Yeah. You're allowed five to seven pieces of flair. Yes. But don't bring that back to the office when we reopen. Absolutely not. This office is a cold gray wasteland. Mm -hmm. And we want to keep it that way. Anyways, that's it for this week's Tech News Day. Uh, thank you for joining us. Please stay cool out there. Yeah. I am fucking melting. Yeah, I'm uh, covered in sweat now. It yeah. sucks. Um, if you haven't already, watch our most recent episodes over here. Um, I don't remember what they were about. My brain is uh, pretty much melted right now. Yeah, the DNC. Uh, Joe Biden's going to yeah, be Joe uh, Biden. He's the nominee. Joe Vibin. <laughs> Trump went off last night. He was wild. Yeah. He's having a ball. He was having a ball on Twitter. Mm. Also hate all sharks. caps. All caps, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, that's it. Check out those videos, and we'll see you soon. Bye.